This podcast contains swearing, drinking, lame dad jokes, descriptions of gross body problems, and lots of history. Consider yourself warned. Find out if a surfeit of peaches is right for you. Take our quiz now. To Monarchs and Malarkey, the show where we take an alcohol-laden dive into the weird and quirky health histories and deaths of leaders throughout time. I'm your host, Danielle. And I'm your co-host, Mike. And back with us again tonight is my sister, Amanda. Hi! Did you miss me? We did miss you. <laughs> you were gone. For, you, went, you didn't even leave. Mike I didn't went, even leave. I'm still here. I'm just drinking your wine. Mike went potty, but you were... You I'm just here now. to drink. Okay, yeah. this wine... Okay, we're drinking... Peach wine, which is important to tonight's episode. episode. Yeah, for sure. I almost just said story, but it smells like shit, but it tastes really good. Yeah, so this this particular peach wine comes from a local Utah brewery. And yes, you're allowed to feel sorry for us that we're in Utah. That's totally yeah. appropriate. But it's from the Hive Winery. It's called Liquid Sunshine Peach Wine, and it is really good. It tastes super good, but it smells like a butthole. It's really funny because <laughs> it's got like it's got like a, a hint of the same flavor profile they have with their honey mead, which is also fantastic. If you're in Utah, I'm sorry, and you should go drink a lot of wine. Yes. And if you're not, and you can get the Hive Brewery, this is pretty damn good. I'd recommend it. The peach wine we're drinking is is because it's peaches and wine are very important. Or peaches and cider. Peaches and cider, or peaches and ale. It depends on. Depends who on who's talk talking. To. Yeah, um, yeah. It has to do with uh, why I'm here again tonight. Yep. Michael, tell us, who are we talking about tonight? So today we are talking about King John. Okay, hold on. This is King John from, like, Disney's Robin Hood, right? Yep. Okay, I researched the right King John. Good. Yeah, because Disney had him as Prince John. Only, like, half my research came from the movie. But more importantly, Amanda brought her kazoo. Oh, yes. Please enjoy. <laughs> Thank you, Dad, for all you've taught us <laughs> about music, because I know you're listening right now. That only took five minutes of preparation, too. <laughs> I couldn't even tell. We actually didn't practice at all. We didn't practice at all. We just are that gifted. You are that gifted. <laughs> you can stop listening. Now. No, I'm kidding. Please don't stop Please listening. Please don't stop no. listening. But, uh, yeah, so I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm We're talking sorry. about King John. Please continue, Mike. Okay, so, King John. Not Prince John. Not Prince John. Not Very, like fucking Robin Hood. Not like fucking Robin Hood, which the animated Disney movie of Robin Hood was my favorite animated Disney movie. Oh, ever. because yeah. it's perfect. Robin Hood was hot as shit. Our sister. That's not why she no, thought it's, it was perfect. No, no, Megan had the hots for Robin That's Hood true. for that movie. And I think she might still have the hots. Probably. I still have the hots for him. That movie. I mean, you've got so many Robin Hood movies and there are only two good ones. That one and Men in Tights. Oh, yeah. 
and I will fight the anyone Russell Crowe one was shit. Was it Russell Crowe? It was no. Russell Crowe. Yeah. Well, yeah. That one and then was there was the Kevin Costner one was okay. Kevin Costner was te- I was. Uh. He was terrible and had a bad British accent, but Morgan Freeman is gone. a bad British accent. He didn't do a British accent. That made it worse. Anyway, but here's the thing. So that song, "Everything I Do, I Do It for You." Uh huh. So that came out when I was like 13, and I had the hots for Kevin Costner only because he was associated with that song. And I thought that song was like the sweetest, most romantic, sexiest thing on earth. And I would stay up really, really late at night waiting for it to play on the radio because I didn't have CDs. I didn't have equipment to make a mixtape. Oh, you're so old school. We didn't have MP3s. We didn't have YouTube. No, y'all, I am old. (laughs) I'm old, all right? So... Her radio was made out of stone. <laughs> and it was actually just a bunch of guys hitting the stone <laughs> to different rhythms and That's beats. What the DJs it, was like did. The, it was like the dinosaur animals that are in the Flintstones. Like, look, yeah. I mean, my first car, I had to use my feet to make it go. Yeah. 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 I'm old. Anyway, yeah. we're talking about King John. We're talking about we really King are. John. I promise. <laughs> so, John was the son- youngest son of Henry II and Eleanor of Aquitaine. And he was born in December of 1166. John was the youngest of five brothers. There was the first one, William, who died of a seizure at the age of three. Can you imagine being the maids who had to clean that many boys' sheets? Right. Gross. Boys are gross. Boys are gross. (laughs) Next came Henry, and then Joffrey, and then (laughs) Richard, which we know as Lionheart. Let's just stop and think about this for a minute. Henry II was the son of Empress Matilda, who we talked about last time. Yeah. So these are his kids we're talking about. And they are using the same goddamn names. The exact name. same names. Again, England, get your shit together and be original. I will just tell you right now, we have all been there. I have spent a lot of time there. I have lived there. Get and your shit together, seriously. England. Seriously. I love you. I love you, England. Stop right. naming people Henry. It's a terrible name. And William. William's not bad. Well, John also had three sisters. Were they named? Was one of them Matilda? I don't know. I didn't look at their names. Oh! Hold on, hold on. Amanda's grabbing her phone. Okay. Because Michael sucks at his job of researching. Oh my well, god, no. While you cannot you're call yourself a feminist up, anymore. While you're looking that up, John, his path of secession was not clear at the time. There was a lot of errors. It was unclear of who was going to inherit what. Henry, the younger, was going to inherit the crown from his father. Can we talk for a second about why it was unclear who would inherit what? Sure. Do you know why, or do you want me to go into that? Go into it. This is my thing. You still had Normandy, which was still part of this family. Mm -hmm. But you also had Anjou, which was kind of an enemy of Normandy, actually. And you had a lot of different duchies that could go to various family members that held a lot of power. So, you never knew. Let's look at the past kings we've talked about. None of them were, almost none of them, were firstborn sons of anybody. It's anybody's guess. And actually, his grandmother, Matilda, should have had the throne. So, the kingdom was still more of jigsaw pieces at the time. Right, right. Just just so you know, because you suck at your research, uh, (laughs) there was, his sisters were Joan... Of Eleanor, Joan of England, <laughs> I know, right? I know. Eleanor of England and fucking Matilda of England. Ah! God damn it, England! Two, and their mother was Eleanor. So we've got Eleanor and Eleanor, <laughs> Grandma Matilda, and Ma, great grandma Matilda, Matilda and, and then Matilda. Yeah. Yeah. Lots England. Of Matildas. 
For realsies. <laughs> Young Henry was named king in name. He didn't have any real power in 1170. And he wouldn't have any real power until Henry II's death. Joffrey became the Duke of Brittany, and Richard became the Duke of Aquitaine. So Brittany, at this point in time, Lesser Brittany, is what is part of modern-day France. At this time, it was unlikely that John would inherit anything from his father, so he was given the nickname Lackland by his father. Ouch! <laughs> Which is modern-day Lachland. No, I'm just kidding. That's I don't know like if that's true. a giant... Fuck you to your kid. He ran out of shit to give him. I know, still. I'm going to name my my son from here on out, Nathaniel Lack Food, and see what happens. Nathaniel Lack Donuts. Yep. Oh. If you remember, Henry I, all his inheritance was, is 5,000 gold pieces. Yep. Dude, that was like a decent amount at the time. Yeah, but he was super mad. You'll have to listen to that episode. He, He... I'm... I'm just clarifying right now because this is the second episode I've been on when they're telling me I have to listen to episodes. The others haven't been published yet. I'm not a shitty host. Well, I mean, no, but also... I will hear them when they come out. Also, podcasts aren't especially your thing, but that's but okay. Mean, but that's that's okay. okay. Just drink more. You'll be fine. Drink lots. I'm on my third glass, bro. I'm fine. Over the years, John would become his father's favorite son. Henry II acquisitioned different lands for John to be entitled to, such as the Lord of Ireland, which William Fitzaldum was currently in charge of, but he was disposed of and replaced by John when John was only 10 years old at the time. He was replaced by a bastard. Remember our last episode, we talked about Fitz. Our Fitzies. Yep. Yep. (laughs) And now I know that. That hurts. Back then, that's like, oh, that's like if Jon Snow had been made Lord of Winterfell Instead of Rob. He would have been better at it. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, that show is actually stupid fucking starts making stupid fucking decisions. Pretty much. That's what the title should have been. Henry, the young king, died in 1183 of dysentery. Maybe. I don't believe it when they... uh, Maybe. It just seems like a label they slap on things. Dysentery is a very specific thing. It's not just massive diarrhea. It's mucusy bloody diarrhea and they would call it sometimes the bloody flux but that doesn't necessarily mean it's dysentery i hope y'all aren't eating during this part <laughs> she's like it's just bloody phlegmy shit <laughs> you're bloody phlegmy shit all right i'm just kidding i love you all right so then the plans for secession were rearranged richard was going to be king of england joffrey would rule Brittany. joffrey and- would get his fucking comeuppance with poison Wrong show. Wait. (laughs) And John was moved to become the Duke of Aquitaine. But in August of... Wait, wait, wait. Did you say Aquitaine? Like Aquitaine. Or like Aquitaine. Or Aquitaine. Aquitaine. Aquitaine hunger for. I know, see? Teen (laughs) hunger for. That's what... Yeah. August 1186, Joffrey died. Of poisoning. No. Thank God. (laughs) There are two accounts of how he died. Please tell me one was poisoning. No. No. Damn. But the first one was being trampled to death in a jousting tournament. Yeah, isn't that? Oh, yeah. It could happen. As a way to go. It's a pretty badass way to go. It's a pretty badass way to go. But so painful. He wasn't very old. No, he wasn't. So I don't like that. Mm. Or he could have possibly died from an unknown illness. Yeah, it's kind of... See, this is something we talked about in our very first episode is records back then are super spotty and a lot of them are 
written anywhere from 100 to 2 to 300 years later. So that's why we get, like, King Arthur, where he probably didn't exist as the legends say because it comes from records written way long after. And they were all actually written by this guy named Merlin who wanted to make himself sound like badass. Well, I mean, if you read Harry Dresden books, then yeah, for sure. <laughs> so Joffrey left a daughter, Eleanor. Oh my god! Eleanor again. And a son, we get a different name now, Arthur. Well, at least it's something different. It is something different. Unless uh, there really was a King Arthur, and then not so much. I'm just saying. Fair. I'm just saying. But Joffrey's death now brought the two remaining brothers closer to the throne. Mm-hmm. So King Henry II died on July 6th, 1189. Richard was crowned king the same year and declared his intention of joining the Third Crusade. Do you want to tell us a little bit about the Crusades? Oh, I hate the Crusades. Yeah, I'll talk about the Crusades. So the very first Crusade was in 1095, and it was called by Pope Urban II. And I'm sorry, Urban II. I just... Related to Keith Urban. I <laughs> His great, 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 great grandfather. I can't handle Pope names. They're so bad. But Right, because don't they choose them? Yes! I know, right? Yeah, it's terrible. What would your Pope name be? Pope Fizzle McGizzle. Dear Snoop Dogg, if you listen to our podcast, please don't be mad. Nah, he'd be honored. Anyway, so in 1095, Pope Urban II was like, yo... We need to take back the Holy Land. Apparently he just became Pope Fizzle McGizzle. <laughs> the... Snoop Dogg became Pope. Well, it was kind of interesting because it actually didn't originate with them going into Israel, which is what we think of when we think of Crusades. It actually started with them taking parts of the Near East back from the Seljuk Turks. So they go into Anatolia, which is the Near East area today like Iraq, Iran, Turkey and they managed to get pushed through there and then they went ahead and jumped into Israel and they're like we're taking this back from the Muslims because they don't believe in God and it's like y'all actually believe in the same Abrahamic God but whatever and the Muslims had been there since the 7th century they had taken it from the Israelis who weren't even Israelis yet they were Jews so this is I know this is complicated so the Muslims took it from the Jews, and then the Crusaders went to take it from the Muslims. And really, I don't think that's what Jesus would want them to do. I'm just saying. Y'all need Jebus. I don't remember anything in the New Testament saying, please go kill people in my name. But that's what Christians No, that wasn't his time. secret journal that the popes keep in the... <laughs> you know what? <laughs> they do have their secret vaults. Yep. So... It might be. But. I thought that's where he wrote his crushes' names. Shh, we don't talk about that. Are we Mormons? Mary Magdalene. Right? Yep. Yeah. So that's what the Crusades were all about. And they were called first, second, third, etc. Because there would be organized efforts to go back and fight some more. And eventually the Muslims got really sick of this shit. And they started not only fighting back, but pushing in towards Europe. And it was just a, a giant clusterfuck of religions thinking they're better than everybody else and so as, just like today right and as an anthropologist i can honestly say religion is a really important part of culture but it also is one of the downfalls of, of humans so and that's with my background in anthropology and religious studies i'm just saying my professors might get mad at me right now but it's <laughs> true 
All right, continue. Richard felt threatened by John and worried that John would seize power in his absence. No! Yeah. (laughs) So. Sorry. (laughs) Richard named their nephew Arthur, who was only four at this time, as heir. Ouch. I know, he's four years old. I was saying ouch more to the brother. I know, but cute little baby. He can't be a How do you know he was cute? He could have been fucking ugly. I mean, if you look at the paintings from back then... It's kind of hard to tell. Exactly. (laughs) So Richard also wanted to make certain that he had a kingdom to come back to, as well as a revenue stream to fund his war. You know what? That's fair. If if John was anything like people think he was, I'd be scared I would come home to a kingdom. Oh, he's worse than you think he is. Oh, I know. Oh, yeah. Just wait. John was named Count of Mortain and Lord of Ireland. John then married Isabella Gloucester and agreed not to enter England for the next three years. He said Gloucester, right? Good job. I'm so happy. I'm so happy too. Okay. So he agreed not to enter England so Richard could finish his crusade. That's hurtful. Like, I don't trust you enough to even go into the fucking country of your birth that you are like a prince of. Do you think when they were little they pinched each other a lot? Oh, hell yeah. Mom, John's looking at me. Mom, Richard's an asshole. <laughs> I want to sit next to the window. Are we there yet? <laughs> of course. They had horses and, and wagons and stuff. Anyway. Richard set up people to rule in his stead. There were two that of them. Better. The first one was Bishop Hugh de Pousset, and the second was William Mandeville. And... These people were super unpopular, and John broke his promise to his brother and returned to England, and he exploited the political turmoil and basically kicked the other people out of power. While John was securing his power, Richard was captured by the Duke of Austria and was handed over to Emperor Henry VI for ransom. In 1194, Richard returned and John noped straight out of England into Normandy. Dun dun dun! Richard then pursued him and found him that same year. (laughs) Because he wasn't supposed to be in England, but there he was ruling. Richard forgave his younger brother and said, Okay, I'm stripping you of all of your lands except for Ireland. You can keep Ireland. No one wants Ireland. Except for the Irish. I want Ireland. I want Ireland. John then spent the next five years in loyal support of his brother. In 1199, Richard died, leaving two possible heirs, John and his nephew, Arthur. Did you want to go into Richard's death? Richard was an idiot. <laughs> I don't know. No! I don't know if I'm allowed actually saying that. He's been but, dead a long time. I think you can say that. He was actually fighting people in France this time. And at the castle of Chalut in Poitou. I hope I said that right. Alyssa, please forgive me. <laughs> um, he was getting ready to storm the castle. They were kind of sieging, seizing the castle. What's it? Sieging. Sieging. Siege. Siege. Yeah, siege. I'm a little drunk. No. Um, I promise it's not from one glass of the peach wine, y'all. I've had quite a lot to drink tonight because we are Recording back to back. Anyway, Richard was trotting around outside the castle with no armor on like the idiot he was. And a man named Bertrand de Goudon, or possibly a man named 
Peter Basil because that's a lot <laughs> boring. That's so boring. I want it to be Botron de Godon. Bless you. <laughs> um, anyway, shot him with an arrow and it landed. It's up for debate where exactly he got shot. It was somewhere between his neck and his shoulder. But sources can't really seem to agree if it was on the right side or the left side or exactly where it was. But it was in that region. And, you know, you get shot. You're going to be like, oh, shit. And go back to your tent. Or did he? No. Okay. Uh, he did. He okay. did. He's not that stupid. No. Almost, but. He's only partially stupid. So he goes back to his tent and he's there suffering for a few days. And it's obvious this thing is infected and it's obvious he's going to die. Because, again, modern medicine didn't exist. That's why it's called modern medicine. And they didn't really know how to fight bacteria very well. So as he's dying, he calls in the man who shot him, which I'm just going to say it was Bertrand because that's a way cooler name than Peter Basil. <laughs> Peter Basil. Basil. Peter Basil. He's an attorney at large. No. <laughs> yes. That's what the name sounds like. Or an like. accountant. Well, yes. On his Tinder profile is that he shot a king. <laughs> yes. Anyway, so he calls in this man and he forgives him, which... Is kind of weird, but also not really, because you got to consider the fact he's super, super religious. He's been fighting crusades. He only spent between six and nine months of his entire reign in England. Damn. I know. The rest of the time he was on crusades and fighting France. So he dies. And I know. But despite the fact he had forgiven Bertrand de Gordon, <laughs> Bertrand actually ended up being really badly killed. <laughs> by Richards badly <laughs> killed not just killed really badly like, killed uh, there are different accounts including that he was uh, dismembered there are accounts that he was drawn and quartered which I don't ag- I don't think that was probably actually what happened because that wasn't a normal punishment yet that he had just been disemboweled but regardless of what the case may be he was killed anyway because so much for forgiveness well he kind of killed the king yeah, I know, but the king was the one who forgave him. You think the uh, people are going to support the king and give shit? Yeah, they didn't care. But anyway, so that's how Richard died. Yeah. Richard was like, it's all good, bro. It's all good. It's fine. It's fine. It's okay. BFFs forever! BFFs forever. <laughs> forever being the next two days before I die. Whoop! I'm going to start following you on Twitter now. <laughs> My friend sent you a friend request on Facebook. Anyway, so that's how Richard died. So, John was more supported by the court than Arthur was. So he was the one who became the next king and was crowned at Westminster Abbey in May of that same we've year. We've been there! Hey, we've been there! Yes. Saw no ghosts whatsoever. Okay, yeah, she's drunk. She's singing. I'm singing Josh Groban. I'll have you know. <laughs> John decided to then continue the war with France because why not? Because right? why the fuck not? Let's just kill all those well, French. Normandy was part of the English kingdom by this point, but the rest of France fucking hated Normandy, so why not? John set aside his first wife, Isabella of Gloucester, and married Isabella of Anglumé. This is pissing me off. Like, I don't know why it is genuinely pissing me <laughs> off that they couldn't be any more fucking clever than using like the same five names. Well, and Isabella wasn't even an English name. Isn't that like French? Uh, it's or Spanish. Spanish. Yes, yeah, Spanish. It's like, ugh, sorry, they just pissed me off. Continue, please. <laughs> I'm sorry, babe. 
So sorry, John, not sorry. John also continued his war with his nephew Arthur and managed to capture him in August of 1202. So he did this because he felt Arthur was a threat and a rival claim to the throne that needed to be dealt with. So do you want to read the account of Arthur's capture and death? Oh, no, because it's so sad. But it yeah. is so sad and tragic. Yeah, I'll read it. It's really sad, though. I can't... Oh. Some of the king's counselors, representing how many slaughters and seditions the Britons committed for their lord Arthur, and maintaining that there would never be quiet so long as that prince lived in a sound state, suggested that he should deprive the noble youth of his eyes and so render him incapable of governing. And I'm sorry, his eyes? His eyes. Uh-huh. He's 17 years old and they want to take his fucking eyes. Uh-huh. That is so sad. That's so I, sad. I mean, that sounds pretty normal for this time frame. Like... I know, but his <laughs> eyes? Like, why would that render him incapable of governing is my question. Because if you're blind, you can't rule. That's... Stupid. I don't know. They're fucking weird. Ableist assholes. All right. Some wretches were sent to his prison in Follet to execute this detestable deed. They found Arthur loaded with chains and were so moved by his tears and prayers that they stayed their bloody hands. I mean, I get that when my kids are crying after I punish them. I'm like, I'm sorry. I love you. I didn't mean it. I mean, it. if there was like Here a 17-year-old boy like begging and crying for me to not gouge his eyeballs out... I'd be like, okay, I'm sorry. Well, these people were here here to kill him. I know, but, but, the compassion of his guards and the probability of Hubert de Beur saved him for this time. Hubert, who was the warden of the castle, took it upon him to suspend the cruelties until the king should be further consulted. This merciful appeal only produced his removal from Falais to Rouen. On the 3rd of April, 1203, the helpless orphan was startled from his sleep and invited to descend to the foot of the tower, which was washed by the peaceful waters of the Seine. At the portal he found a boat, and in it his uncle attended by Peter de Moulac, his esquire. The lonely spot, the dark hour, the darker countenance of the uncle told the youth that his hour has come. Dun, dun, dun! Making a vain and last appeal, he threw himself on his knees and begged that at least his life might be spared. But John gave the sign, and Arthur was murdered. Some say that Peter de Moulac shrank from the deed, and that John seized his nephew by the hair, stabbed him with his own hand, and threw his body into the river. Others, that de Moulac did the deed, and this is possible, as he was given the heiress of the barony of Mulgraf as a reward. <laughs> you kill up. my nephew, you can fuck this chick. By the way, that comes from Ralph Abbott of Coggleshall, and he wrote the Cisterian Monastery Records. That's messed up. It's really sad. Like, how insecure of a person do you have to be to be afraid to lose your throne to, like, a 17-year-old kid? And not only that, but what the fuck is up with England putting little boys in towers and killing them? Oh, yeah. Like, this is a common theme. Uh-huh. Maybe they should stop doing that. <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure they have. The no, li- no, I'm pretty sure when we were at the Tower of London, I saw some little boy in a tower. Well, I mean, you can go to the stairs where they found the bones of the two 
boys. The last time anybody was even killed at the tower was in the 1940s during World War II, and it was a Nazi spy. Yeah, it was kind of cool. We sat in the spot. Yeah, and we saw the chair. Yeah. Yeah. We were in the room where it happened, the room where it happened, (laughs) the room where it happened. Nobody knows how the game is played. They didn't know know listening to this podcast that it was going to become a musical. We do know how he died. He was shot. Yeah. So there were a lot of people there. Okay, so John kills Arthur. John claims. (laughs) I'm sorry. John John killed Arthur, and then he lost Normandy in (laughs) 1204 to the French. I'm sorry. He deserves it. I know, but it happens all the time. It's... Yeah, he misplaced it, didn't know where it went. He was drunk (laughs) that night. And then in 1206, he also lost Anjou, May, and parts of Potio. He's such an idiot. I'm sorry. I'm looking at my little John figurine right now, and I want to shake him, but if I do, his crown falls off. She fails to mention this is a John figurine that is the lion from the Robin Hood Disney movie. Yeah, it's my little pop figurine. I love him. He's so cute. But he's his head turns. John. I know. I just we don't have had... the snake, though. I know. I wish they had his. That would be great. I have my own snake. I could go get her. John continued to try and retake these lands but was never able to, and eventually signed a peace treaty with France in 1220. John himself was not a very successful king. He was an idiot king. He was an idiot king. He was a lousy, lousy king. Uh, He had a pet snake, and John- (laughs) Oh my god, that's actually true from the Robin Hood movie? No. (laughs) He has a fucking snake in the Disney movie? Well, and we all know Disney movies are real life. You know what? I'm counting it. (laughs) Alright, alright, he had a pet snake- He ignored the precedence of taxation and not only raised taxes, but also seized church revenues. What an idiot. I'm all the things that I did to get your support, I'm gonna reverse. Right, well well that was Henry the First that was the one who Oh yeah. Yeah. But here's the thing. All our histories are blending in my brain. That's a really fucking stupid idea because the Catholic Church, we've talked about this before, has the ultimate power. They can make and break kings. Yeah. They Mm -hmm. are responsible for, in large part, to why William the Conqueror was able to conquer in the first place. So to do shit to piss off the church is, this is really sad and this is a bit of a, a sociology problem here. The little people don't count to these people. The little people don't have any say in anything. But the Catholic Church does. So he really fucked up. Yep. So when John returned to England in October 1214, there was wide discontent throughout several areas of England. And he was unable to win against the rebels fighting against him. John was defeated at Runnymede and was forced to accept the baron's terms. At that defeat, there was a document signed called the Articles of the Barons, submitted on June 15th. And that document would later become the Magna Carta. Do you want to talk a little bit about You want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah, I absolutely do. The first thing I'm going to say is the Magna Carta is basically responsible for the majority of documents today used for more democratic purposes. It gave more power to the barons and less power to the king. The problem here is it still ignored the little people who really honestly are the most important people. But like Marx pointed out, if the little people don't uprise, then nothing's gonna change. At Runnymede, he accepts the barons' terms. He 
signs the first draft of the document called the Articles of the Barons, and it went through a bunch of revisions and then was accepted as the Magna Carta. This charter was an agreement that granted liberties for citizens and also allowed the barons to have a little more control over things like the taxes and the revenues because John was just a shit turd about it. I don't know if that's actually a term. He was just a short turd. <laughs> he was a shit turd. The final version didn't actually get completed till 1225 after John had died. But again, it mostly concerned itself with property rights more than anything. As I'm sure most of us know, that just meant the barons and the important nobles, not, not the little people. So in the 17th century, during the Civil War that we'll be bringing up later, that changed. The people were like, you know what, we're, sh we're tired of this bullshit. And they came up with a petition of right in 1628. And then the Habeas Corpus Act of 1679, which you may have heard about in high school or possibly college. But like I said, we'll come back to that later. It's really important. The main gist here is John being a shit turd led to the Magna Carta, which led to things like the Constitution. John even pleaded with Pope Innocent III to have the Magna Carta rescinded until his death. Yeah, and the Pope actually was like, all right, for a few weeks. And then he was like, nah. <laughs> Probably because he told the Pope that, okay, I'll stop taxing the church if you rescind the Magna Carta. But then the Pope was like, you know what? Jesus wouldn't like this. <laughs> Jesus likes his revenue. Yeah. But also Jesus wants the people to be happy. So, yeah. So why don't you tell us about John's death? Oh, that's why I'm here. Yeah. I serve a purpose this episode. Uh, no, wait, no, okay. Um, so, John died in, I got 1215. Danielle got 1216 in her research. Almost all my sources said 12, actually all my resources all said 1215. All mine said 1215. so weird. Um, on either October 18th or 19th, it's not exactly sure. I also got that he was 48 or 49 years old. Keep in mind, like we've talked about before, records back then were super Pretty sketchy. Shitty. They were super sketchy. Um, so, the overwhelming belief, I guess you could say, of John's death was dysentery. Which, if you don't know what dysentery is, <laughs> I think we talked about it a little earlier. Um, basically, it's this nasty disease that gives you really shitty, bloody, phlegmy shits. And basically, it can dehydrate you, all this other really horrible shit, until it kills you. So, a little bit of background to this situation... There was another rebellion in 1216, and Philippe Augustus of France was elicited by the barons for help, and he sent his son, Dauphin Louis, to attack England, and John was like, oh shit. <laughs> and so he had to, he was up above East Anglia at this point, and he needed to get through East Anglia to get back down to Westminster, which is in modern-day London. What he did was he kind of split his troops. There's a great big marshland that they needed to get through. Some of his troops, including himself, went around the marshes, and the rest of them went through the marshes. And at some point, there was a big flood. And in this flood, his grandma, the fucking Empress Badass Matilda's crown jewels, got washed away. The crown jewels of Germany get washed away. You had one job. You had one job. So, well, And also, why are you carrying the crown jewels with you? 
all over the place. Because you fucking I, feel like it? I want to know. If I had the crown jewels, I would carry them with me. Then you would die. So he was really super depressed. He's allegedly, one source I found said he already had dysentery while he was writing. I yeah. don't believe that. Yeah, I got a couple of different things. One said that as he was traveling home, he had dysentery. Um, a couple others said that he started showing symptoms of dysentery right after he came home, which means he possibly contracted it while he was on his journey. My problem with him riding on this really fast... I mean, they have to be fast, right? They need to get through there quickly. He'd be right, fucking the shit in the saddle and stuff exactly. the whole time. Exactly. Dysentery makes you really sick. We've all played Oregon Trail. We know it kills you. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. When people get dysentery, you have to stop your goddamn wagon because you're not going to be able to to keep going. My my guess is that if he did have dysentery, he contracted it right as he got home or and, while he was traveling, but it didn't hit him till after right. He was and home. sources do say that he had what they called a bloody flux, but again, that doesn't necessarily mean it was the actual disease dysentery. Yeah. There are so many things that can cause similar symptoms. Which is a little bit of what we're going to dive into. There's qu quite a few rumors about what food and or drink killed him. Um, so a lot of different sources said peaches. A surfage, a, a of, surfage peaches of peaches. Or like, cider. Yeah, like like our yeah. last episode with Henry overeating the eels. Um, this one was peaches or peach wine. A couple of the other things I read, some said poisoned ale. Mm -hmm. Some said peaches and wine. Some said hard cider. One I found even said plums. Yeah. So. But, but we don't, I mean, there aren't any really good solid records from yeah. them. I mean, I think the, the most, one you hear the most is either peaches or peach wine. Yeah. If you remember last episode, when we were talking about humors, the type of food people should or should not eat depending on their humors, which had to do with age, gender, all that kind of stuff. At this time, John was in his late 40s. So for that time, considered kind of older, peaches and wine were both considered bad humors. Yeah. So remarkably enough, in that time period, sixty, yeah, was a good was a, a normal age. To so when to. you're like forty eight, forty nine years you're old, getting you're getting close. You're, yeah. you're getting close to elderly. So in their my eyes, so peaches and wine were both considered the same thing as the humors bad for elderly people. A couple of things I read said that the reason he ate so many peaches was to comfort himself because he was so sick and peaches he enjoyed peaches. Some said that the same reason why he'd be drinking wine was to comfort himself. Plenty of peaches. Peaches for me. Right? <laughs> but here's a kind of interesting thing about both of these ideas. One, he died in October. Peaches are not in season in October, which a lot of people don't think about. Peach season, even probably at this time, was is between May and August. Well, but at the same time, though, the UK is a more temperate climate, and they were getting stuff from France. They were getting stuff are, from France. There are Mediterranean areas in but France, so it's, it's possible. It's possible, but it's most likely that if he was getting peaches, they probably weren't that great. They were probably either underripe or close to rotten. Mm -hmm. So Don't care, I want my peaches. Right? We're drinking more peach wine. One of the things a lot of people don't realize is that either underripe peaches or overripe peaches can actually be not usually deadly, but can but make people sick. For you, right? It can make people sick. Right. You know, people always talk about how peach pits are poisonous. They're only really going to be bad for you if you like sit there and like fucking gnaw on them for an hour and try to like break them and up eat and eat them. And eat a whole lot of them. Yeah. yeah. But if he was eating a shit ton of peaches, 
especially if they were under or overripe, he could have been eating bits that would make him not feel good, but probably not enough to kill him. And but if he had dysentery and eating those on top of it. Or another gastrointestinal illness. Mm-hmm, exactly. Yeah. Yep. The other interesting thing is a lot of them either say ale or wine. Mm-hmm. Now, wine and ale and all that kind of stuff, alcoholic drinks are pretty normal drink in this time. Mm-hmm. That's, you know, you watch like fucking Game of Thrones and shit like that and they're always drinking wine or ale. That's actually not untrue. They would drink a lot of alcohol at the time. Also, for those who are interested in knowing more, there's actually a really cool anthropological text just simply called Alcohol, and I really highly recommend it. It tells you a lot about the history of alcohol, especially in earlier time periods. One of the main reasons alcohol was such a common thing to drink throughout the day, through every meal, is it was safer. It was, yeah. Alcohol is alcohol. We know today that alcohol kills germs, kills bacteria, all this kind of stuff, it's going to be safer than water or whatever. Right. There were a lot of, of cultures who only drank beer because yeah. it, it was safer than water. But if you think about John, if he does have dysentery or some sort of other thing that's going to make him puke and shit a ton. Then you're going to get super dehydrated. You're going to get super dehydrated. Because yeah. why do we drink water when we're drinking a shit ton of alcohol? It's actually extraordinarily dehydrating. Right. If you don't know that a hangover is just you being super dehydrated, it is. So it's quite possible that if he's drinking a shit ton of wine and eating a shit ton of peaches or some combination thereof, he's probably severely dehydrating himself. Mm-hmm. And he's probably making himself more sick if he did have something like dysentery. Right. And dehydration will absolutely kill you. Well, and even having the shits like that, yep. the dysentery do. Well, really and it's not the shits you. themselves, it's the dehydration. It's the severe dehydration. Right. So he's probably building this up more and more and more. Yeah. The other possibility at the time is that something we don't really think of because you can buy wine at the liquor store or whatever is something that a lot of home brewers nowadays deal with, which is botulism. So botulism. Amanda's going to explain in a minute what it is, but it is probably what's responsible for the death of the Franklin Expedition. So if you've seen the show The Terror, you should know it's based on a real, actual event. And archaeological evidence has shown that the tins of food that the men on these ships had, had broken open and had botulism. And Mm. that is what killed the majority of them. So tell us a bit about what that is. So botulism is from a bacteria. Mm-hmm. that grows and produces it's usually in things like alcohol that you're fermenting it can create in other foods and other such things it is nasty it's super bad. it is one of those things where it can produce enough toxin to kill someone in three days if something that you have gets infected with botulism it can create enough toxin inside of whatever you're eating and drinking to kill you in three days and this fits in because all accounts of john's death indicate his health failed very rapidly mm-hmm and it's one of those things where botulism, if you drink it when it's that toxic, it will kill you in a couple days. You can drink something with botulism that hasn't been developed enough and survived. But think about the time that this ale or wine or whatever the fuck it was he was drinking was being brewed. And what is it about the brewing process that can lead to botulism? It usually has to do with temperature and it usually has to do with percentages of yeast and other such things in the alcohol it's ridiculously complicated but most part it's temperature 
Well, and back then they didn't understand sterilization. They didn't understand sterilization. They didn't understand temperature control. Right, and sterilization especially is a key component. If any of you have brewed your own alcohol, you know that if you don't clean things, Mm -hmm. if you don't sterilize them with super high temperatures, super hot water, things like that, it's going to cause issues. Well, and the one thing that... If any of you have gone to the bathroom and not washed your hands and then made alcohol... (laughs) Oh, oh, I don't want to. Why would you this. go there? Why? Well, here's yeah. another fun fact about botulism. It is one of the few bacteria that cannot be killed with boiling. Yep. So it's not something like if you think your your alcohol is infected with it, you can boil it and then like use the alcohol for cooking. It can still kill you. It is highly resistant. So it's like the cockroaches of oh, bacteria. Yeah. It yeah. is highly resistant. It's like MRSA. It's nasty. And it's one of those things that grows between the temperature of 40 to 120 degrees Fahrenheit. Which, funny enough, that is almost exactly what we call the danger zone mm-hmm. in food prep. That is the zone where you don't want food to be. Because that's where bacteria and stuff creates. But they didn't know any of this shit back then. Right. And it's actually quite possible that a lot of deaths in medieval times that they were thought were from poisoning or all this other kind of stuff. The humors, all that, was probably Poisoning from things like botulism. Foodborne illness. The worst of foodborne illnesses. So it's quite possible that either he did have the dysentery and got some botulism on top of it and killed him. Or he didn't have dysentery at all because one of the big symptoms of botulism poisoning is the same as dysentery. Severe diarrhea, blood, puking, lack of eating, all of that kind of stuff. Whatever the case may be, on a dark and stormy night, John died. But that's not the end of the story. He was buried in Worcester Cathedral by his favorite, right next to his favorite saint, St. Wolfston the Saxon. And if that sounds familiar, that's because you heard about him in our very first episode about Edward Confessor. He was the archbishop who put the sword in the stone. No, not really. He put his staff and ring into Edward the Confessor's tomb, and it was William the Conqueror who did the King Arthur thing and drew it out. So he was like the Saxon in the lake. Saxon in the lake, yes. So he was buried right next to St. Wolfston. He was the first of the Plantagenet kings to be buried in England, as his father and his grandfather had both been, well, rather his brother and his grandfather and father had all been buried in France. He was exhumed in 1797. The people who exhumed him explained that he was buried in a damask robe, he was wearing gloves, and he had a sword in his hands. They measured his skeleton, and he measured at five foot six and a half inches, which was about average for the time period. Man, that fucker was short. Well, for back then, that was normal. Brits are still short. <laughs> no. I mean, have you seen David Tennant? He's Scottish. He's a Brit. Still. I mean, the Scots don't necessarily want that to be the case. But... <laughs> Daniel Craig is pretty tall. Yeah. But for the time period, he was, he was about average. And that is what happened to his body after his mysterious death. Ooh. I guess we'll never know if it was peaches, wine, dysentery, or just dying of the shits. Right, because with an illness that happens that fast, there is no evidence on the bones left behind. So there's no testing we can do to tell for sure. But whatever the case may be, that is how King John died. We think. We think. (laughs) My guess would probably be something about botulism. 
But we never will know. We will never know for sure. I mean, I guess we could ask him when we all die, but... If that's a thing. If that's a thing. Yeah. No, actually, the first thing I'll probably ask him is why he was such a fucking asshole. But then I'll ask him how he died. And also, why peaches? Why peaches? You know, that was one of the funny things, because a lot of things I read was peaches. A couple said plums. Mm -hmm. But it was kind of like Henry. They said it was just one of his favorite foods. Well, my understanding is plums are a hybrid and did not exist at that point in time. I know. That's why I thought it was weird that so many accounts said plums. Yeah. So anyway, that wraps it up for King John. Thank you very much for listening. And if you want to email us and give us some ideas for future leaders to focus on, you can find us at monarchsandmalarkey, all one word, at gmail.com. Look for us on Twitter, at monarchmalarkey. And on Facebook, Monarchs Ampersand Malarkey. Thanks for joining us. And big thanks to Jay Gelter for the music and Mark Gelter for the artwork. And me, because I'm special. And Amanda, because she's the best. Oodle lolly, oodle lolly, golly, what a day.